Hey there, and welcome to ATL in 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm coming to you after the Hawks' 97-88 loss to the Orlando Magic, a second consecutive disappointing outcome, both coming at home. Uh, the greatest disappointment in the outcome was, again, the Hawks having a number of turnovers. Uh, they followed up 29 turnovers Monday with 27 turnovers tonight. And perhaps the disappointing part was that a lot of the turnovers were coming from their veterans. Uh, Trey Young and John Collins, Trey had eight, John had seven. Together they combined for 15 turnovers. And these are, you know, these are the guys that are supposed to be your young leaders. And, you know, the youth around them doesn't make it any easier for them. And we'll talk about that more later. I think that's a big thing. Uh, not just in terms of youth, but in terms of play style. But certainly a disappointing uh, outcome for both, especially on the turnover aspect. Trey had some Trey had some strong points to his game tonight. But for John, you know, I think this was probably the, the worst game he's ever played as a Hawk, you know, preseason, regular season. Uh, he's lucky that in some respects that this was a preseason game, but it it was definitely a struggle for John Collins tonight. 0 for 8, uh, 7 turnovers, uh, and we'll hear a little bit from him. But I want to get to Trey. It was an interesting game for Trey. He made 5 of 10 shots. He had 5 assists. He had 8 turnovers. Um, but just a weird game for him. Uh, you could kind of see him doing some things defensively. Uh, I think there were some bright spots there, and then at the same time, he was mixing up some visionary passes with just some uh, outright blunders, and he was hard on himself after the game. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as turnovers, I've been playing like shit. It's uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Uh, I've been playing bad as far as taking care of the ball. It's something that I need to get better at, and it's something I'm gonna be better at. And it's, uh, I mean, it's preseason, but I don't want to use that as a just a tool, just an excuse for me. Just turn the ball over. Uh, I got to be better, and I, I'll be better. Coach said some of it was just some crowded plays here and there. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's crowded plays, me jumping in the air, passing, uh, looking for cutters. Um, it's stuff that I know I know, you know I, I can fix. It's just me uh, focusing and locking in on, on, on doing it. So uh, I'll be better. Coach gave you guys some kudos a little bit on the defensive effort tonight. Uh, what was your thoughts on the defensive yeah, we, we uh, mentality played, tonight? Yeah, we played way better on the defensive end. Uh, last game, giving up 133 points to tonight, holding them under 40% shooting. Uh, the worst part was we, we did the same thing. Uh, it's just tough. It's nice like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we did a really good job on defense end. I thought Trey did do you know, a pretty good job on the defensive end tonight. Uh, one of the things that I enjoyed some was uh, I guess this is kind of a long-winded way to get about it, but you know every preseason or early into the regular season, if you watch an NBA game, you get a feel for oh okay, uh, here are the things that the referees are trying to emphasize this season. They want to make sure they want to establish a baseline of you know we're going to enforce this rule very closely this season. And sometimes you know they start it a certain way, and then they ease up over the course of the season. Well, this preseason. What the referees have seemed to emphasize, uh, at least in my eyes, and uh, in, in, through two games watching the Hawks, is 
they're going to emphasize the travel before you start your dribble move. And Coach Pierce was, I think, accurate tonight in pointing out that of the 27 turnovers that the Hawks had, I think they he had said they had like at least seven or nine of those kind of travels tonight, which is absurd. But I guess if you have 27 turnovers, you've got to get to those somehow. Uh, and those were spread around the entire team. But another thing that seems like a point of emphasis for me is when you watch a primary ball handler go to the rim. If he does the hand checking, little pecking, the hand fighting, you know, to try to throw a defender off balance before he gets to the rim. Uh, they're cracking down on that hard, which is bad for Trey, right? That's not a good thing for Trey. Uh, in game one against the Pelicans, he got pinned for that at least twice. But tonight, what does he do? He realizes that, hey, this is something that they're cracking down on. You know, he could see how the game was being called. And then, you know, as he's guarding DJ Augustin tonight, uh, twice, DJ, you know, made a dribble move to the rim, body contact with Trey. You know, when, uh, when he felt that arm reaching out to poke him in the chest, Trey fell backwards, drew the offensive foul twice. So it's nice to see that kind of adjustment from Trey. You know, it's a combination of, of hustle and smarts and just get it done, which, you know, if you're a six foot one defender in the NBA, that's what you got to do. And he's doing it. So that was, that was a good thing to see. Um, you know, he's still going to get picked on screens. He's not going to, you know, impact a bunch of jump shots defensively. But you know, to see him chasing the point guard around, getting his body in the way, that's what he needs to do. And I thought he did a pretty good job of that tonight. Another thing that I saw from Trey tonight that I enjoyed, uh, you know, the Magic either made a free throw or a field goal. And so the Hawks got possession after some sort of Magic make. And, you know, just kind of push the dribble a little bit. And Vince Carter gets behind the defense, uh, isn't being closely guarded, finds a little nook in the corner to set up. And, of course, Trey doesn't miss those. You know, he kind of goes cross court, maybe 60 feet with the pass, gets Vince an open three, Vince makes it. Uh, just that little stuff that Trey does like that. I will never get tired of that. Just always being aware. That's just good stuff from Trey. And if I can read into things beyond what I should probably read, uh, Trey was particularly eager. Maybe eager is not the right word, but he was ready to rip the Band-Aid off as far as talking to the media. The players, you know, they, they talk to the media, win or lose after the game. That's their job. Uh, appreciate them for that and Trey was ready to go and as you heard a minute ago he wasn't pulling any punches he was almost drawing attention to himself and uh, you know Trey did struggle eight turnovers is a terrible game for him he's a magnificent passer and way better than that but I almost suspect that somewhere mixed into that you know wanting to talk quickly to the media wanting to be hard on himself it was almost like he was kind of trying to take the spotlight away from John a little bit. Uh, I think that was the worst game John's ever played. I'm not sure if I said that already tonight or not. Uh, that was not a good game from John. He struggled from start to finish. You know, a lot of it came in the first five minutes. John acknowledged it after the game. I mean, just didn't pull any punches at all. He's just like, yeah, I was not good. In fact, you know what? Let's, uh, let's just cue that audio at this point so you can hear it. Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of my tougher games. As a professional, uh, good thing I got a group of guys, you know, a good group of teammates trying to pick me up, uh, keep my head up for other games. Good thing it's preseason as well. 
just a lot of things to learn from you all. Um, not, not specifically. I was trying to figure it out myself so I could stop it or address it. Um, couldn't really seem to figure what it, figure out what it was, but like I said, good thing I got a group of guys in my ear trying to be prepared to pick me up. So, yeah, move on. Yeah, when you got five guys with seven plus wingspans, um, you know they're a great defensive team, playoff team, all the guys have experience, so you know what you're going to get. Uh, obviously, we, you know myself included, we have to come out prepared. Uh, next time we play this guy, we play the four times a year. So somewhere in the mix of the deodorant spray there, I think uh, John was being asked about the turnovers. And, you know, I think Orlando is just a, a rough matchup for him. They went winless against the Magic last season, if I recall correctly. And they just have so much length. I mean, this is one of the most ridiculous collections of wingspan I've ever seen uh, between Isaac and Mo Bamba and some of the other guys that they have. Uh, Fultz a point guard. Uh, MCW is huge for a two-guard. Uh, they are a big team. They impose their will in terms of deflections. And, you know, it was a struggle for the Hawks tonight. Not even all the deflections ended up being turnovers. It actually could have been worse if the Hawks didn't hustle to the ball, hustle to the ball after they, you know, let the magic poke a finger on it. But uh, as you heard John say there, you know, he's thankful that his teammates picked him up. That was as glum, I think, as he's been after a performance. So uh, it was a rough game for John. And, and that's a, I think the Magic are just a rough matchup for him. Jonathan Isaac is a sterling defender with unbelievable physical tools. And, and that's who Collins was matched up with tonight. And it was difficult for him, for sure. On to some other things. Let's talk about the rookies for a minute. Uh, let's start with Hunter. Hunter looked good driving the ball to the rim, but as we mentioned before, the referees are in uh, in the mode of calling travels. If you don't make it clear that you've started your dribble before that uh, pivot foot comes up. So he got called for two travels, but other than that, when he's putting the ball on the deck and going to the rim, uh, he's a force. I mean, he's big enough to finish over the biggest players under the rim, which is nice. Uh, that gives you some extra options late in the shot clock, which is something the Hawks are going to need for sure. And, you know, in the middle of the game, the Hawks started to turn to him as a playmaker. Even when Trey was on the court, there were times Trey would bring the ball up, but it was clear that, you know, Trey would just kind of hand it off, and it was it was time for DeAndre Hunter to run pick and rolls, and I thought he did a nice job of it. Uh, there's one where he found Alex Len on the roll after, you know, Len set the screen and moved in, and it was just a nice little pocket bounce pass that was exactly on the money to Alex Len. So if Hunter can do that sort of thing, that's really going to diversify the Hawks' offense. Uh, some other things from Hunter. There was a sequence where the Magic had some good baseline movement going, and Hunter was on the floor with Cam Reddish. And you know they were the two players involved. They started, uh, some of the Magic players started to crisscross, and you could see Hunter directing Reddish where to go, you know, kind of pointing, okay, he, I'm going here, this teammate's going there, you go here. Um, and that was a very positive sign to see for a player who's essentially playing in his second preseason NBA game. That's a very nice thing to see. And then 
the Hawks had a play in the third quarter, I think it was, that if it had happened two or three years ago, it would have been described as bud movement. You know, you've got a drive and a kick and a kick and a kick. Well, the assist on the play eventually uh, for this particular bracket would have gone to DeAndre Hunter. Um, you know, after the drive and kick, it came to Hunter. Hunter was out behind the three-point line, but he knew he had a defender on him. And he saw Trey open as the next pass over. And, you know, it wasn't just that he passed it to Trey. It was that he was ready for the pass before the ball even got to him. You know, it was, he, was, he was in the body movement of making the pass as he was catching it. And in doing so, he got Trey a wide open three. And in fact, I think it was wider open than Trey was even expecting because he ended up shooting like a 25-footer even though he was wide open. 20, maybe 25 is generous. It was probably like a 27 or 28-footer even though he was wide open. And the shot went in, and it was still a good shot because it's Trey shooting a wide open three. And when he gets his feet set and there's nobody there, he's a magnificent shooter. So uh, it was a really great pass from Hunter, and that's, that's an encouraging sign to see. And then last but not least, I was sitting next to Brad Rowland. I wish we could get through a podcast without mentioning Brad. But Brad's like, why is Jabari playing center? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Jabari, they're not going to use Jabari at center. And look, Jabari's not out there at center. He's Look, there's Damian Jones, and Brad's like, "Oh, wait, I thought that, I thought that was DeAndre Hunter." Which, you know, I think it's just an interesting point that DeAndre Hunter is big enough that you could mistake him for Damian Jones. Our seats aren't great, right? We're not that close, but you know, when you see the players and they don't have their jersey or their face to you, it's sometimes hard to tell who they are. And you know, Hunter at six foot nine in shoes is is big enough to be mistaken. Uh, for Damian Jones, who is a large human being, and uh, that, that's a positive sign that the Hawks are going to have that kind of size on the wing. Hi, Brad. Kevin Herter didn't play tonight, and I want to get to Pierce talking about his injury status in a, in a minute, but I, before we talk a little bit more about some of the other players from tonight, I just wanted to say that you know, not having Herder is a real thing. Um, part of the reason the Hawks have been bad the last couple of games, the only two games uh, of this preseason, is because Kevin Herter hasn't played. Uh, he's an important part here. Uh, when he's not out there, it's DeAndre Bembry and some rookies playing the wing. And the rookies are the rookies. DeAndre Bembry isn't really a shooter. And so that impacts the spacing. Not to mention the fact that they don't have Dwayne Dedman. Uh, it was nice to see Bruno Fernando make his first three. It's nice to see Damian Jones make his first three. But, you know, these aren't players who have made NBA threes before, before tonight. And even though these don't count officially, it's, it's good that they're making them, but they're not being guarded out there. So the spacing for the Hawks is rough. I mean, you get a long defensive team like the Magic, and you play without some respected three-point shooters like Torian Prince, Dwayne Dedman, Kevin Herter, it's going to make things difficult. I looked up some of the numbers from last season. You know, it was magnificent for the Hawks that when Trey Young, John Collins, and Kevin Herter, two rookies and a second-year player, the core of the team and the most used three-man lineup for the Hawks last season, the fact that those two rookies and a second-year player could essentially play to a 
net even. Uh, their, their net rating was, I think, negative 0 0.9, 0 0.9 uh, in the minutes that they played. So, you know, they were effectively meeting their competition. And, you know, they were the starters. They were playing against the best players from the other team. Uh, that, was, that was a great thing for the Hawks, that they could battle against their opponents like that, uh, you know, the starters from other teams, and essentially come up even. But if you look at those same lineups without Herter on the floor last season, Trey and John together without Kevin, they were negative 6.9 points per 100 possessions. That's a drastic difference. And, you know, I'm not, it's not to say that the rookies have done badly. It's not to say that DeAndre Bembry has done badly because Bembry's been, in a lot of ways, one of the most consistent Hawks. You look at the plus minus from the, from the two games, and he's, you know, been one of the better, if not the best Hawk. Um, but the spacing is a little bit wonky for the Hawks at the moment. And a team like the Magic can definitely exploit that. All right, so before we get to Pierce talking about Herder's health, let's uh, hit on a couple other players. Bruno, he made that three. Uh, he made a nice tip dunk. But the thing that I got excited about from Bruno Fernando tonight, uh, apart from him just looking more active, more uh, sure of where he was defensively, the thing that I liked was there was a play, I think it was in the second quarter. Maybe I shouldn't guess on the quarters like that, but uh, you know, just kind of a a play where I think the defenders got a little bit mixed up. And so all of a sudden there was a moment where basically Bruno got the ball maybe 15 feet from the rim, and there really wasn't much defense at all between him and the rim. Now, uh, he's not the fastest, and it probably took him a second to realize it. So he started dribbling towards the rim, and the defense did rotate. But because the defense rotated, somebody else was open, and he dropped a sweet little bounce pass. I think it was a bounce pass. It was definitely a case of him dribbling, being on the move, and making an accurate pass that led to an easy basket. Uh, that, that's the kind of thing that you, know, you really want to see out of your big men. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, John has done that a little bit, but it seems like the Hawks have, have missed that uh, since the days of uh, Mike Scott and Paul Millsap, uh, two guys who are very good at doing that. If, if Bruno can do that sort of thing, that would be a huge plus for the Hawks. And Cam Reddish, I'm not sure uh, what to say a whole lot about Cam tonight. He was 0 for 5 on threes. I don't even recall him taking five threes. I do think that those five threes came entirely in the flow of the offense, or or they would have been more noticed. I think he was just, you know, the ball moved where it was supposed to. He was open. He shot it. Didn't go in. Um, there may have been one where kind of think of one where maybe you know you kind of notice okay maybe that wasn't the shot you should take but by and large they're coming entirely in the flow of the offense which is fine um the only thing is again as you mentioned before you know he's replacing some very good shooters in the lineup and he might not be uh he might not be holding the same sort of gravity as some other shooters might at this point so uh, you know, hopefully he starts to knock down some of these open shots. He's got a beautiful shot, um, but didn't go in tonight. Say la vie. And, uh, you know, the other thing I would say about Reddish is that he is persistent on driving. If he doesn't, you know, if he tries to drive and doesn't get it the first time, he is not going to shy away. He's going to keep trying to make, you know, make contact, make things happen. And, you know, encouraging to go along with all that is against a good defensive team like the Magic. 
very long defensive team. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over. The turnovers were not Cam Reddish's fault. I think he only had one turnover, and that was, you know, why he was handling the ball a fair bit and trying to make plays happen on his way to the rim a fair bit. I had some double clutch shot attempts at the rim. They weren't the greatest shots, but he's getting a shot off, you know, in his second preseason game. Uh, that's a good thing to see. Uh, drew some free throws on one of them. You know, he's got some, he's got some moves. He seems very comfortable going to his left. If that's, you know, if that's the side where he thinks he can get a shot off, he'll go that way. Um, but he's very aggressive going to the rim undeterred. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't let one bad result. The, the, the second one looks even more determined than the first, which I think is exactly what you want to see out of him at this point. All right, so uh, we ended the last recap with some audio and just faded to black after that, and I'll do the same here. I'm just going to put in a clip of Lloyd Pierce talking about where Kevin Herter is and when we might see him on the court next. And uh, as always, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, hope to hear, hope to have you listening with us here uh, sometime again soon. And uh, again, here's Coach Pierce on Kevin Herter. He, he just needs to practice. I know, um, like we said before, uh, putting together a long day. He scrimmaged earlier before our walkthrough uh, with Jordan Seibert and, and the rest of our coaching staff, and he looked better. He looked better. He did uh, 20 minutes of scrimmaging, which is, you know, it's a ton. That's a ton, 505. Um, he, looked, he looked a lot better. I watched the whole thing. I saw him do some sprints in between. Uh, just looks better. He needs to practice with our guys. His speed will be differently when he's practicing. And we have practice coming up. Normally in the season, that's one of the things to say. It's, you know, he needs to practice, but we don't practice much. So he's going to get five on five uh, in a Friday session. And then we have a Saturday session before we go to Miami. And we'll have a session on Sunday as well. So just putting together good days. And hopefully the, the recovery is great. Hopefully when we take tomorrow off, his recovery is good. And that's the most important part right now. But he looked a lot better.